Hello, and welcome to Asian Glow, a podcast that is unedited, unfiltered, and under the Asian influence. My name is Lucilla. And my name is Amy. We're both PhD students, and we're both Asian, or Asian American. Well, are you really Asian American? Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this is something we'll discuss, yeah. but I identify as Asian American. Um, but neither of us are in science. That's true. Which is, the, I think, the very weird part is, like, there's a lot of Asian Americans in PhD programs. There's not a lot of us in, well, you're in English and I'm yep. in philosophy. Well, you're actually the only Asian PhD student I know here. What about Grace? Well, I mean, other, <laughs> I mean, like. You totally cut off one of my roommates. <laughs> I mean, like, the two of you are the only humanities but yeah, the only two like Asian PhD students. We're well, the only black. <laughs> only East Asian. <laughs> but that's pretty interesting, right? We already, I mean, that's why kind of interesting because already like the term Asian gets Asian American so complicated. Yeah, because, definitely. Like when we think about Asian American, like I think. I think like the trap that I fell into is the one that most people do. It's yeah. like we only consider East Asian. But it's also hard. It's also more complicated because like we are East Asian. Yeah. Well, we are East Asian, but Grace, Grace is, is more. Not. Yeah, Grace is more ambiguous. But yeah. then, then the whole like ethnically, yeah, geopolitics comes in. Yeah. She's like not here. <laughs> yeah. So we have another friend, Grace. So we're like we kind of all three of us go to like lunch and dinner places, eat lots of good food. Um, but yeah, she's not here right now, and um, she's ethnically Chinese, but born in Malaysia, right? Yes, and her family, I think, I think, I think her father's side, they can trace back to when they immigrated from China to oh, Malaysia, okay. and I think her mom's side is more ambiguous, or I think it's more mixed. Gotcha. Yeah. Whereas um, my parents are, like, my dad is from Wuhan, and my mom is from Shanghai, so... Yeah. They're very, like, <laughs> Chinese. Yeah. Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Whereas my parents, uh, my dad's side is from Fujian, but my grandmother fled the Mao, Maoist in mm. uh, 1949, um, and then they immigrated to Taiwan. And my mom's side um, has been in Taiwan for a long time. I don't know the history because... Mm-hmm don't know a lot about my mother's side of the yeah. family same actually my yeah. mom's like very um superstitious like she doesn't uh. both my parents don't like to talk about their past I remember like interviewing my dad for some kind of project for middle <laughs> school or high school and so I learned a little bit about him then but they really don't talk about their past but um, it's like a superstitious thing well definitely for my mom I think she she doesn't like to talk her about her past or like like anything surrounding death oh because it's yeah because it's like yeah and I think for her like talking about her past is like already assuming some kind of I don't know I don't really I don't really know I just know that it's like she says it's specifically like related to slight slightly superstitious beliefs even though for the most part she's very Americanized but like there's some part that of her that's still like holding on to that does she not like the letter the number four I think she's okay with numbers now. I mean, she's a scientist, so she's got to be okay with numbers. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, but she's like, 
I mean, she knows all of that, you know, all those traditions yeah. and, um, you know, when it was Year of the Monkey, which yeah. is my year, yeah. she tried to get me to wear like a jade and red necklace, <laughs> like a jade necklace on a red string every single day. And she gave up eventually, but you know, yeah. she definitely wanted me to wear red every day during my year, my Zodiac year. <laughs> That's interesting that I didn't think like, but what about like, I guess because your parents haven't been back to China really, so it's not right. like they because, like, my, my dad's family still, even though most of them are, half of them are Christian, they still do the, the tomb sweeping every year. Oh, okay. Even though, like, even yeah. though they're Christian, they still do it. Yeah. Which is, like, interesting. Yeah. My, so I think my, my grandfather on my dad's side has passed away, but my mom's side, they're, both her parents are still alive. Okay. Great. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think my mom is a little bit more tied to Chinese tradition than my dad is. Oh, okay. Um, I, and I wonder if that has something to do with, like, so the little that I know about my parents is yeah. my my mom, her family was not sent to the countryside to be re- re-educated, but my dad's family oh, was. Oh, that is, oh, Yeah, okay. and so my dad's very, he is a lot more outspoken against yeah. the Mao regime. Yeah. And, like, his mom, actually, um, both of my paternal like paternal grandparents they were educators oh so they were like really yeah fucked over yeah they were both like intelligentsia or whatever um and actually like my I don't think it was like a big insult it wasn't like a huge rebellion but my paternal grandmother said something like against Mao and she had to while he was you know while he was chairman yeah she had to write a letter like every year or something like apologizing and saying like that she had to to recant exactly oh shit yeah so my dad like some of his heroes are you know like Chinese revolutionaries that spoke up against Mao and he actually ended up in the U.S. he almost got banned from traveling because he oh. was in the Tiananmen Square. Oh, protest. he was in the protest. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. That is really interesting. And I want him to tell me more about this, but I think, like, he, he's like, it's like. It, it's part of the past. Like, yeah. And, you know, they're more, like, future oriented. Yeah. So they don't talk a lot about it, but I know he got a letter from, like, a Nobel prize physicist <laughs> to, like, let him into the U.S. And I'm like, why don't you talk about this? This is so cool. <laughs> Wait, that's, like, really interesting. That's, like, and that's, that's, like, I think that's, like, it's so interesting because, like, we're we're very similar ethnically, but, like, mm-hmm. just the fact that your parents were in China and my yeah. parents were in Taiwan, Move, yeah. like, that kind of, like, history is, like, totally different. You know what I mean? Like, your, yeah. your dad, like, was he went through square. it. Yeah. yeah, and he was, like, and you guys, like, they lived through the Cultural Revolution. Right, yeah. Whereas, like, my parents were in Taiwan and, like, things were hard and, like, we had a dictatorship. Yeah. But it's not like people were being sent to, like, the seaside to, right. like, yeah. recant. And, like, there wasn't yeah. any some kind of, there wasn't any ideological, I don't want to say brainwashing, but there wasn't any kind of, like, ideological, like, assimilation or, like, forcing yeah. the people. It was just, like, a straight-up yeah dictatorship. Which yeah. is, like... <laughs> yeah. Well, and, like, my parents have very different histories. And, yeah, yeah. You know, from what little I know. And um, my mom, she danced when she was younger. Okay. And apparently, like, she like, I guess, danced for, not for Mao, but, like, you for know, the communist party. for the Communist Party okay. in some capacity, um, and then my, I mean, my dad's family was said to be re-educated, <laughs> um, and he had it better off than, like, the rest of his family, because he has 
three sisters and so but he's the boy but he's the boy right he's the he's the king he's the emperor of the family so he i think they then sent him off to live with his aunt who wasn't sent to the countryside so he he had some period of time i think where he was like forced to farm and stuff because he still has like now he eats yams again but for a (laughs) while he didn't because that was like all they could eat so he got like real tired of that (laughs) But, like, and it's funny, right? Like, I learned some of these things, like, through food. So, yeah, like, my yeah. dad talking about yams, that's how I got into some of, like, oh, my dad has this really interesting history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. And that's, like, why we decided to do this was because yeah. we, like, eat a lot. And we end up talking about, like, identity and being yeah. Asian slash Asian American slash diasporic Asian. AAP. I, I just go by AAPI. Yeah. But that's, like, really long. Yeah, and, like, most, it's, a like, an initialism that not all people know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had to Google it when I was younger. Yeah, or, like, yeah, like, I learned it because, like, I knew people were using it and then, like, or using right. the long term and then yeah. figuring out, like, okay, yeah. make an acronym, too. Well, then, also, like, you have a lot more Asian friends than I do. Yeah, and that's true, that's true. I'm definitely more isolated and, like, assimilated American. Because you grew up. I mean, you grew up in a place where there weren't that many Asians, comparatively. Yeah. Because, like, actually, I, we, like, looked this up yesterday. Uh-huh. Like, I went to a public high school, which is, like, in the top 100 public high schools in the U.S. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, like, like my other Asian friends, they all, like, all of us have gone to, like, top 100 public high schools. But yeah. The reason why they're, we're going right. to these schools is because our parents are Asian. And yeah. And, like, we want to have a really good public education. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like... We, like, my family lived in the suburbs, but um, our suburb was, like, redistricted, so we ended up, um, people in my neighborhood, we ended up going to what was called, quote-unquote, the Hick School. (laughs) So it was way out in the countryside, almost outside of the town itself, like, definitely outside of the city. Um, And, like, we were right by, like, a field, like, a farmer's field. And I remember one time we accidentally kicked a kickball into his field and he came out with, like, a gun and, like, told us to get out of his field. (laughs) But, like, yeah, so the only other Asians, and they were East Asians Mm -hmm. for sure, um, was one kid who was adopted and he was the son of the basketball coach. So, like, very, Uh, very very white assimilated. Very Americanized. Yeah, Korean by heritage, but very Americanized. And then um, three other um, Chinese students, one was a grade above me, and then two twins guys were (laughs) below me. But, like, I didn't really (laughs) hang out with them, but they also, all of them played violin, and I ended up in orchestra with them because I play violin, too. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, somehow, even with the only, like, three other, like, Asians with Asian parents, we all ended up playing violin. That's, like, the thing, it's, like... Yeah, I, I play violin too, and, mm-hmm. and like, as an adult, I'm like, I really like violin, Yeah. but I should have played, I should have played at least, like, a viola. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like, as a violinist, I, I hate the fact that I have to say this, but, like, just thinking about percentage and, like, average and, like, yeah, how that's true. good it looked, like, did not look great. Yeah. I was an Asian American, or I was an Asian playing violin. Yeah. There was, like, 50 other people who, yeah. like, also did the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, like, in my, in elementary school where I started, I, you know, there were other Asians other than the three I mentioned, <laughs> so it wasn't a problem. And I immediately was very good. I was better than the rest of them. 
I remember there was like a concert where we we only knew like two songs at that point or two pieces, but the good ones, like the good students, yeah. there were like five students that were really good. They got to learn a third piece, which is like a variation on Twinkle Twinkle. And I remember I got to play that in the concert because that was good. Wait, wait, wait. What did you do? Because what was your first, like, did you do it through a school or was it, like, a private tutor? No, so our school had public funding for instruments. So in fourth grade, no, was it third grade? It was either third grade or fourth grade. Yeah, third grade you got to start um, string instruments. Okay. Fourth grade you got to start band instruments. Oh. So I got into string First, uh, I I started piano the year before, <laughs> so I, I mean I guess that's kind of a it's a string percussion instrument. I don't know how you classify piano. Piano is percussion because yeah. it's got strings, but it's it strings, is hammers. But, yeah, right? whereas a uh, clavichord, clavichord, yeah, is a string because it's plucked. Ah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Okay, I, <laughs> all my music music lessons is yeah. like paying off right now. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah. So we started in school. Okay. Um, I still remember the name of the instructor. He and he had like he had like very wiry glasses and like kind of like messy white curly hair. It was like very stereotypical like, musician. musician. Yeah. Um, but he was really nice. Um, and then eventually I ended up taking private lessons. I think the fifth grade. So two years after I started. But you started with group lessons first. Yes, at school. Oh. Yeah. Which is really good. So my my uh, elementary school, even though it was considered the Hick school, it was like definitely up and coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I mean, in terms of our district, they definitely. I mean, it's it's gotten worse. Like funding has gotten cut over the years uh-huh. um, for various schools, uh-huh. but they always did put a lot of emphasis on music, which was really that's nice. That's good. Yeah. That's like that's really interesting. That's really good though. Yeah. What about you? I, so I actually started just private, okay. I think, because my parents, like, were students. Yeah. So I think the school, I mean, I went to a top 100, like, yeah. went to a very top 100 public school. Um, so actually, I started with private lessons, I, and I just always have had private lessons up yeah. until I was 18. I started with the Suzuki. I don't know if, like, oh, Suzuki yeah. method. I, initially, when we were looking for lessons, yeah, we went to yeah. Suzuki school, and I hated it. <laughs> so we went with someone else. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because I, I, she, my first instructor taught me the Suzuki method. Yeah. But she was white. Uh-huh. And she also played viola. Yeah. Like, now I'm like... Mine was a viola teacher. Right? I Because I can't, like... Yeah. I think they, they all started viola violin and then they keep... There's not yeah. enough violas to... This is like, yeah. I'm so sorry. This is becoming, like... <laughs> violas are really cool, but, the, you know, the reality of it is that usually people go to violin. Well, unless they, they're, you know, unless they have someone in the family or... They just, like, they don't play that... Actually, I when I was in orchestra in high school, we had a violist with a solo part. Yeah. Because like the seniors could uh, try out compete for like a concerto. Concerto. Yeah. And she 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 did it, and we did a viola concerto, nice. and it was like beautiful. Yeah. But like most of the time with a viola, you're yeah. just like. Dun, 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 I mean, dun, like look dun, at Pachelbel's canon. <laughs> the cello part is awful, but look at the viola part. <laughs> I use the cello too. It like sounds. Even yeah. when it sucks, it sounds beautiful. Yeah. But with a viola, it's really hard to get, like, a good sound. You have to be really, like, yeah. you can be okay at the violin and still sound decent. You have to yeah. be really good at the yeah. viola to sound decent. It's just the shape of the instrument. Yeah. It's just that awkward sizing. And also, like, your fingers have to be stronger and, like, yeah, longer. Yeah, you, you do need bigger hands. Yeah. Yeah, because I had a friend, He um, he's very musical. He actually was on the gong show. Oh. Yeah, just recently, just, like, a couple couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. 
but he he was a violinist in middle school, I guess. And then once we hit high school, where I met him, he switched to viola. Yeah, because he was like much he was like much taller, much yeah. bigger, and he was like he's very good at it. But it did yeah. help that he had bigger fingers than I did. <laughs> yeah, well, because I always try like my actually my best friend in middle school was a violist. <laughs> Because, you know, the violinist, it gets real competitive, a little too catty, <laughs> especially, especially with the other Asian, yeah, East Asians. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the cellos, they're, you know, they're like the more rebellious ones. They're like playing jazz and stuff. And I never felt like I fit in because I was not cool. <laughs> and so like my friend, my best friend was like a total math. She was white. But she was a total math nerd, um, and uh, I mean, we were friends outside of orchestra as well, but it helped that we were in orchestra, yeah, and yeah. Um, we would always try to stretch instruments, and I could never play, because it just was, it was weird, and like, you had to hold it differently, yeah. like, put the chin rest on, or like, the shoulder rest on differently, it was just, I, I couldn't play her instrument, <laughs> even though they look, like, similar, definitely not yeah it's it's just so much bigger like it's it makes such that's a what big you said <laughs> <laughs> sorry i i do wish like it would have been too hard because like cellos are so much more expensive than yeah like carrying them everywhere. well and that was it like actually you know i think one of the reasons my parents ended up getting a minivan even though i'm an only child was uh, was, it was an instrument uh, and also because I was in quartet, so I really like chamber oh, music. Yeah, yeah. And so they would like drive around an entire quartet so they could fit the cello. But initially, <laughs> like, it was no cello for me because yeah. I was too small and it was too costly and too difficult to transport. Yeah. Yeah, like I, um, when, I was, when I first started, someone actually gave my parents four violins, quarter, uh-huh. half, three quarters, and a seven, eight. Oh, nice. But... We, that's when we moved, but then, like, a couple years later, we moved from Boston to Scotland, uh-huh. and then Scotland back to Boston, uh-huh. and so those four violins, we brought, Oh wow! we brought them across the ocean, and <laughs> back across the ocean, and... So, I have a question. So, you said mm-hmm. that you did a lot of quartets. Was that through mm-hmm. the school, or did you have, like, because in Boston, we have um, several, like, bigger, like, we have NEC, and there's, like, NEC Youth Orchestra, uh-huh. there's, like, a Boston, and these are yeah. all, like, very prestigious. Right, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've heard of them. Oh, you've heard of them? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I know, I don't know personally, but I have friends who are friends with, like, the first chairs, or, those, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, No, I mean, it was, for us, it was through school, so we okay. had sectionals, Okay. so we had to practice with our sections, and I was first violin, so nice. actually, yeah, <laughs> initially, we would have... Um, like uh, violin quartets. So like oh, we play okay. like uh, four seasons. <laughs> Once we were good enough, you know, yeah, there were a couple of yeah. movements that we couldn't play. Yeah. We'd have to dumb it down. Um, and then in middle school, I think sectionals got kind of boring, and we actually we had really quick turnover so we had a different uh, instructor every year that I was in middle school. Oh, okay. So I think by the end they were like, oh, something's not working, like, sectionals, like, people are not coming and, like, not paying attention and not practicing, so, um, for, like, the people that weren't practicing our orchestra parts, they, like, had them practice in sectionals, and the rest of us that practiced on our own, they had us, like, just form quartets and do more fun stuff. Oh, I see, so, okay, 
So that's kind of how it was like a, well, you guys are good, so. It was like a treat. Go play. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it was also a treat for the instructor, you know, yeah, like, yeah. don't have to go over, like. No, it's funner. It yeah, is fun. Yeah. Like, you know, measures one to ten, like, 20 times, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that was where I started. And then in, and in high school, um, also, like, because we had, we all had, like, private teachers, mm-hmm, people who mm-hmm. were really good. So, yeah. like, the private teachers usually knew each other, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, I ended up, like, in, um, I ended up, well, we tried a couple quartets with, like, people that were, like, in my studio, uh-huh, uh-huh. um, but then I ended up, um, being friends with a cellist, <laughs> um, who actually now is a musician, like, professional musician. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, That's she went really to a conservatory. Cool. She might have gone to New England. If she got to New England, I yeah. mean, she was a really, really she was, She's good. really good. She's really um, good. Yeah, I forget, I mean... No one gets into any C. Yeah. But, I mean, she... I know one of the other schools she tried out at, there were only two admissions that year, and she, like... So she was, like, going... She was, she was really good. It. Yeah, wow. she was fantastic. Oh, by the way... Wait. By the way, her name's Marza Wilkes, <laughs> in case you want to look her up. You know, I haven't talked to her in years, but she's a fantastic cellist, so... Shout out. Shout out, yeah. Um... And the, I think now she's, like, like a me- social media influencer or something. Like, That's she gets, cool. like, on Instagram, like, ads, like, you know, oh, yeah, advertising yeah. stuff, which I'm, like... I mean, that's good, because yeah. it's, like, it's so hard to be a professional musician and, like, have any money. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta find some way to set yourself apart. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really good for her. But, like, yeah. I'm sure, because, like, most people, like, unless we're older set, people are, like, much older, so they're not gonna yeah. be on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. That is a good niche for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> she, uh, I, she and I had, um, we were friends, and mm-hmm. we, like, we had a larger friend group mm-hmm. as well. We were most, I think... All of almost all of us were orchestra nerds with a couple of uh, band people thrown in because we had symphony orchestra in high yeah, school. Yeah. Um. So I think we had yeah a couple of people who were in orchestra, but mostly. Um. And then she and I formed a trio with a person who played piano. And I think mm-hmm. that w- there was some kind of like group, like extracurricular group for chamber, and okay. we met the other pianist through that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting because yeah. we had a we had like an orchestra in high school, but we also for if you're upperclassman you can try out for an ensemble. Okay. So when I tried out, it was like you had like two second violins, two first violins, four, three first violins, like two violas, mm. two cellos, um, and we actually like played like we were invited to like play for like the chamber of commerce. Oh, you know, nice. like background music, yeah, like church background nice. music and stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely it was like, but that was in that was part of this. But that's part of my like my school has a lot of money because right all all the families Asian or non Asian really invested in the yeah. education. So we, my, I think my parents paid a lot in taxes. Gotcha. All that taxes went to yeah, education. Okay. Yeah. So then like our principal was very open about like having like yeah small classes like this that were part of yeah. school year school day. Yeah, I mean we had like we had orchestra. Um, I know r- right after I left, they completely renovated the music building and now mm-hmm. has like state of the art, like acoustics <laughs> and what, like special practice rooms and stuff. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, you know, we used to practice, like we used to kick like percussionists out of the, <laughs> the band room so we could practice in there. Um, but I mean, I would say more than like a normal high school, mm-hmm, they did mm-hmm. invest in music, but mm-hmm. it was like for a long time, it was more just like because our my town Ithaca's you know we've got Ithaca College and Cornell as well as a couple like community colleges around the area so you've got a lot of like 
education. Yeah, education. Yeah. People who have money to like invest in their students playing instruments. So yeah, that definitely helped out. Well, you like you say like you went to the Hick High School, but like or the the, the elementary school. Yeah, you went comparatively to the Hick High School. Yeah, like, Hick School, but yeah. Like, you're still in a town with money. Oh, yeah, and, and, for sure. And not just money, but, like, affluency and the fact yeah. that, like, well, edu- like yeah. education is very important. And it wasn't even, like, the least, like, in terms of, like, s- like scores, because obviously, like, we had, like, regents exams in New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah. Like, we weren't even the lowest on that. I mean, there were a couple inner city schools yeah. that did worse because, like, they didn't pay the teachers as yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, and, but I, I was, like, even in elementary school, you could see big class divide oh, so I mean okay. they had honors classes already in like third fourth and fifth grade oh that's not a, that was at least we did not we didn't yeah. have that that's not okay <laughs> yeah and I think it's because they realized like this redistricting it like it definitely inflated the grades for the school in general uh-huh, uh-huh. but you know there was this big class divide and yeah. it, it really was all class because I mean like uh-huh. it, was, it was pretty evenly divided in terms well like class and race right yeah but, like it was evenly divided in terms of gender mm-hmm. um we had a lot of you know a lot of girls in the honors classes mm-hmm. but um yeah I mean there were people that I'd been friends with like my first couple years of elementary school that I just started not seeing anymore because I was yeah. in different classes than them oh okay and like I know some of them like my mom she has like incredibly good memory so she uh-huh. remembers like everyone that I ever knew <laughs> and like even people that I didn't know that she saw at like events yeah. and stuff but she like you know she goes to grocery stores and she sees like some of my former friends like yeah you know just yeah. working like as a store clerk um, oh yeah which is it's very strange because I think like for me I was always just expected to go into yeah. academia and yeah I, I for sometimes I forget like how elitist for better or worse, yeah, or yeah. for worse, really, yeah. that is. But yeah, yeah, like, like it was not. It was never a question. Not, not just for me, but for like most of my friends that we were going to go to college. Yeah, it was always the question of whether we're going to go to Ivy League, right, or not. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't, and it's just like it's such a stupid thing where it's like, like I didn't get to Ivy League, and then that was like, you know, it's like if you didn't get to Ivy Your League, you were brag stupid. About you. <laughs> yeah, or like you just consider it stupid, and then yeah. like as soon as you go to college, you're like. It doesn't matter. Wait, like yeah. that's also like a very stupid way of thinking. Yeah. It's like Ivy League isn't everything. Yeah, <laughs> but I it mean, was everything. Yeah, for me, I ended up going to an Ivy yeah. League went to Cornell, <laughs> which actually it was a strange way that that turned out because I really wanted to go to like a tiny liberal arts school. Like oh, I wanted really? to go to like Hamilton, <laughs> um, and like I, you know, I went to like I visit Colgate or whatever. You know, mainly oh, you like wanted to go to like a five hundred people. Yeah, middle of nowhere. Yeah. I visited Wellesley, I visited, um... <laughs> like, do you go to, like... Amherst, Amherst. I visited Amherst. Williams? I, I hated Amherst when I visited. I've actually never visited Amherst. It was Amherst so College. elitist. I mean, it's, it's like, the number one liberal yeah. arts college in the country. Yeah, <laughs> I just got really bad vibes off of it, but, um, yeah, I ended up, um, I mean, those liberal arts colleges ended up being too expensive, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and my parents working at Cornell, they got half-off tuition for Oh, me. that's so nice. Yeah. They, that is really good. Yeah, people who had been working there longer, like, I think it was a year cutoff. They, yeah. Um, they used to offer full, like, free yeah. admission. Yeah, Um, But I, I had half off, and then it was um, a less lesser discount if any um, New York schools. Oh, so okay. So staying in New York would have been... Yeah, so, like, if you really want to go to Liberal College, probably would have had to go to, like, 
Bing Hampton or yeah. something. Yeah. Or, I mean, like Hamilton was, was too expensive, but it was a mm-hmm. New York school. Um, oh, I always thought Hamilton was like Pennsylvania. Oh, maybe it is. But, I mean, it could be also multiple Hamiltons. Yeah. Because, like, Hamilton You know what? It might be Pennsylvania. I, <laughs> yeah. I have forgotten. There's, like, um, multiple Washingtons. Or, like, Williams. Yeah. But, like, we were closer to Pennsylvania than we were to, like, oh, you were, like New York I'm... City. Okay. Even. So, like, I kind of consider, like, some Pennsylvania... I, I know people are going to get mad. But I consider some, like, you know, upper state, like, Pennsylvania cities, like, closer to home than New York yeah. City. No, that, that makes sense. I just have very poor geography. I mean, my geography is awful, too. Yeah. But, like, I... <laughs> Just because, like, when I think about New York, I, I only think about... Like, I'm from Boston, so yeah. when I think about New York, I right. only think about New York City. Yep. So I, I understand there is such a thing as, like, upper yeah. state New York, or like, there's more to New York than Central, just New York yeah. City. Central state New York... Central New York, CNY. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chinese New Year. Yeah, I know. Um, but I used to think, when I was a kid, I had very bad... I usually think Boston was where New York was, and New York was where Boston was. Oh. I used to think when we go to Boston from New York, we drive up. Oh, but yeah. But we drive down. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that is strange, right? Because, like, Massachusetts is, like, well, I mean, New York State is such a weirdly yeah. shaped state. But, like, I don't, I don't understand how they, I mean... I don't understand how they divvied up the early states. Yeah, well, then, like, Maine was part of Massachusetts. So. And we had to give that up because of, yeah. like, Missouri. Yeah. I think it's Missouri. Or Kansas. Something. I don't One know. One of the slave states. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I remember because, like, it, all it was going to be like race. All does Slavery. go back to Yeah. All yeah. goes back to race. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, um, what were we talking about? Uh, education. Yeah. And, and oh, uh, why you went to Cornell. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um. Yeah, so it was actually cheaper for me to go to Cornell, <laughs> which is just, that's so bizarre, right? Like, that's dumb. Um, and um, I did early, I got early acceptance because mm-hmm, my parents mm-hmm. were, like, pushing, like, yeah. you should just do it and, yeah. like, get in and you, you know. You don't the, have to worry about it. Exactly. Christmas, you can enjoy Christmas. <laughs> you don't have to apply for things, which was nice. Um, yeah, yeah. but it's a very practical yeah. oriented, right? Like, and, and you got into the Ivy, so yeah. your parents were proud. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You um, were a good child. Yeah, but I mean, like, once you're in college, it's really what you make of it, and like, I mean, so many, I knew so many students there who were like legacy students who didn't give a single fuck yeah. about classes. They didn't show up, they got Fs because they're just attendants, and I'm like, why Why would you spend that money? I mean, they, obviously, they're not thinking about money, which is the interesting thing. Like, now I'm definitely middle class. I think, actually, my family might be upper middle class now because my mom works two jobs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, we still have a very much, like, working class slash, like, on the cusp of working class, middle class, like, mentality. Well, that, like, makes sense given, like, you know, it's, like, given the past. You're, like, yeah. giving your family, like, your dad was working on a farm because yeah. his like, his mother or grandmother pissed off now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pissed off the government. Yeah, and, like, your your mother was dancing. Yeah. And, like, also just, like, I mean, like, most people in China at that time, like, I mean, China went through that big famine. Like, yeah. Oh, there wasn't yeah. a lot of food, like. Yeah, my parents, yeah. like, under rations, like, my mom told me stories. So, I do have a couple stories from her where she, like, the rations, you don't get meat very often, um, so, like, my mom's sister used to eat it right away, like, wanted yeah, to, you yeah. know, because it was so long since yeah. she'd had it, but my mom remembers, like, saving, like, in the, saving the bone and having it for days to yeah, just, like... Yeah, just gnaw on it. Yeah, gnaw and, like, 
saving little pieces for every day so that it would last until the next ration came. Yeah. Like, that is something that I personally have not experienced, but, like, having it passed on from my parents, like, I still don't like to waste food. Yeah, and right? it's, it's, like, a, it's, like, really horrifying, I think, how much, like, Americans, like, waste food, yeah. you know? Just, like, sometimes you, like... Just a, just you know the concept of like a baby carrot. Yeah. Like a baby carrot is just a carrot that's yeah. not cute, and so they <laughs> shaved off perfectly viable parts of it, so Americans will buy. Yeah. Americans are not gonna buy a deformed carrot. Even I know. There's nothing wrong with a carrot Ridiculous. except that it's ugly. Yeah. And you're just like. And like Americans now, there's this movement like anti-GMO. I'm like the only reason we had GMO in the first place is because people won't buy like ugly vegetables. Yeah, and like there's nothing wrong, with, and it's like people like. There's a reason why people live longer now is because people would starve and that's why yeah. we have GMO. And like, yeah. like I feel like the only issue with GMO is the whole Monsanto thing. But yeah, that's not, oh, that's not like a science issue. That's more a capitalist problem. Yeah, that's like, that's like a totally, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like my mom works with tomatoes. Like she, I mean, she doesn't really do like the FDA stuff. She mm-hmm. works across the street from the FDA. <laughs> but like, I mean, she, she helped sequence the tomato genome. Yeah. So like, she knows about this shit and like, she buys organic food when she can. But like, you know, there are certain people who don't have the money to buy organic. And organic sometimes isn't better for the environment because they have to ship it. So if it's yeah. not local, yeah. it's costing more money. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's just, it's so stupid. It's like, it's like also the whole thing with gluten. Like, oh, yeah. if you have celiac, like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. yes, you need, you need to be like accommodated. Yeah. But like some people who think that like, oh, gluten is like the enemy or like, it's yeah. about like. It's just a, it's a fat. It's a fat diet. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't like, unless you, yeah, unless you actually have something that you can't eat gluten, but people take that or they say if you have an intolerance, but that, what yeah. does that mean? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, it's, wow. I'm like, I have friends here who, like, I'm not going to call out by name, but, like, (laughs) won't eat certain foods um, because they don't like how it, I mean, certainly smells, I can understand that to some extent, but, like, also, like, textures, and that's something I never understood. Well, also, like, shout out to our favorite show, show, (laughs) Ugly Delicious, um, which I've been telling everyone that need to watch. Um, David Chang also has a podcast. Um... But yeah, like they're talking about um, in China, like it's all about textures. Yeah, and so yeah. in the US, we're texture deprived. Like we don't yeah. have really like chewy or. Or it's always about crunch. You know, like how in like yeah. uh, chopped, it's always like I added toasted peanuts for crunch. And that's yeah. like what they think of as texture. But toasted peanuts crunch, are so bland. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I get the whole crunchy because I like crunchy yeah. things. But it's not the only... But we don't yeah. really like rubbery things in the US. Yeah. You know, rubbery things. Where I'm like, like in the summer, like jellyfish in the summer yeah so good because like it lasts for a while and it's like it's like um it's like a vehicle for whatever sauce you put on it yeah and yeah and yeah like the whole point is that it is chewy but yeah you don't really get that and you get to do you get to savor it longer yeah and you also much chicken feet like yeah. it's it's scary looking but that's the whole yeah. point is you have to gnaw on it the, like the gelatin yeah 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 whereas like u.s like we had jello but you like people don't even know that that's like gelatin base that that's like from an animal well you know also how in beauty right now they're very invested in collagen yeah but like collagen <laughs> is if you, you can just like like I, I i get it is very good for your skin but like you can just suck on like chicken feet it's the same concept <laughs> or you know those like uh roll dong you know like, yes oh my god i yeah, love that girl yeah yeah and so that's like i yeah. mean that's basically just like 
gelatin. But, like, when you translate it, it's only, like, meat jelly, and people are scared of that. But, like, that's the same thing. I guess, like, Americans are scared of black pudding, right? But, like, black pudding. But, like... Yeah. But they also have to call it black pudding. They call it, like, blood pudding. That's true. That's true. We do say black pudding here to make it sound better. So, you mentioned black pudding, and, like, this reminds me that you grew up in Scotland, right? Yeah, but I actually have never had black pudding, because my parents (laughs) are actually very afraid of blood. Like, oh, okay. In Taiwan, even there's like a big thing called like dushikal, like yeah. pork blood. Yeah. Uh, my parents don't eat it. Okay. Which is really funny because like when my boyfriend Andrew was in China, uh-huh. he had the the pork blood jelly, uh-huh. and my parents were like, "Oh wow, like he actually had it." Yeah. <laughs> White boy is more <laughs> Asian. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like I think it's because it's some kind of um, in Genesis, God tells Abraham not to drink the blood of animals. Okay. There's like. There's, I mean, so there's was, a religious reason for I, that. I yeah. think, or I think it, well, they say it's because it's dirty, uh-huh. but I think there's some kind of, like, co-opted religious and, like... Got it. Also, probably, it probably isn't that clean. Yeah. Like, I mean, with, like, modern, like, modern food processing, it's probably yeah. okay, but I feel like... Well, like, and if you grew up in China, your gut's going to be so strong from eating, like, that's non-clean true. Well, that's the thing is my parents are afraid to eat street food when they go back to Asia. This is the thing that also my parents have now. Like, my first, I remember my first time going back to China, we had so much salkal. (laughs) All of the street food, and it was so tasty. But then now when they go back to China, I mean, they'll go to, like, morning, like, breakfast stands and get, like, yo tiao, yo bing, but they won't, like, go to a salkal stand. They won't get a barbecue stand because they... Even though that's, like, even higher heat. Yeah. Like, it'll kill off all the yeah. germs. But they're somehow <laughs> worried about it now. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't get it. And, like, my mom... Actually, because I watched a fried, fried rice episode of yeah. Delicious. And, like, my mom, like, for these past couple years, she will tell when she goes to a Chinese restaurant, be like, no MSG, please. And she, she does think that MSG causes, like, her headaches or yeah, something. right. And we watched the episode, and she was like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Coming around to the scientific explanation yeah, of MSG. And she, yeah, and she's, like, not super, because, like, when we went out to eat the next day, and she was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. But she's like, oh, I feel weird. Yeah. I think it's the MSG. And I was like, yeah. well, what did we watch yesterday? <laughs> what did we find out? It has yeah. nothing to do with it. I mean, I guess, I mean, any, any excess of sodium is going to be bad for you. Yeah. So even just too much, like, normal salt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But MSG just has that racial... Yeah, which is, like... Which is interesting, because, like, it's it's a self-racial... Yeah. Yeah, which right. is, yeah. I mean, MSG makes everything better, though. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, you didn't eat blood pudding in Scotland, oh, yeah. but... Yeah, um, so, yeah, so I think that's why I feel as well. So, I, um... Actually, when I was little, my mom had a book, because, like... My parents are very involved in church. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, there's a lot of, there's a book that came out in the 90s called Third Culture of Kid. Uh-huh. It was often a, mostly about army brats and ministry, uh, sorry, missionary kids. Mm-hmm. And it's about, um, the way to define it is if you're, you're a first cultural kid, if you grew up, raised, born and raised in the same country your parents were born and raised in. Okay. So, like, many, like, white Americans. Right. Um, your second culture kid, I think, would be like you. Would be mm-hmm. you were raised in a country different from the country your parents were raised in. Right. So your parents immigrated, but you were raised in America. Right. Yep. Third culture kid is a kid who was raised in more than one country that was different from their parents. Um, uh huh. The country their parents were raised in. 
So, like, a lot of army brats, you know, yeah. they're, they might be American, but they've lived in Germany, like, Japan or whatever. Yeah. They've moved around a lot. Missionary kids, a lot of them move around a lot. Right. So, I'm not either, but because I was born in Taiwan, and then I was raised partly in Boston, but also partly in Scotland, especially in my formative years in Scotland. So, like, I'm a third culture kid, and so that makes it more complicated whether I'm Asian American, Right. You know? Yeah. Because then all of a sudden, it's like, I'm not... And whenever I am in any place, I'm never fully... I'm not enough of it. Like, yeah. if I'm oh, in Taiwan, yeah. I they can tell I'm not from Taiwan. Yeah. But if when I'm in Scotland, I they can tell I'm not... Like, they can kind of tell yeah. I'm not, like, an American tourist, but I'm not, like, Scottish. I'm not, like, a Scottish right. Chinese person either. Right. And then when I'm in America, it's, like, white people don't think I'm American because I'm, like, not white. Right. But then when I'm around Asian Americans, there's, like, things in my education that I didn't... It doesn't yeah. match up, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, like, I never learned, like, you know how you guys go through ge- American geography? Yeah. I never learned American geography. Right, yeah. I learned EU geography. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't remember much of it. Actually, you know what? The, I don't remember learning American geography so much as I remember learning African geometry, actually. Or geogra- geography, not geometry. Because we had, like, there was this whole movement in my school of, like, we need to do, like, global humanities oh interesting um so we had tests like we had tests where we were supposed to like label on the map all of the african countries and of course i've forgotten most of them but yeah. i think i still know more than <laughs> most kids because our our school was very i think i mean it was some kind of initiative handed down from cornell interesting yeah that is really interesting that's yeah. like very bizarre different yeah yeah well, actually I, my my senior year of high school i couldn't fit ap euro into my schedule uh-huh and so i took a class elect history elective taught by he's a he's a phd actually in african history okay and yeah. so he taught an african history course yeah and so that was like that was really interesting yeah i mean it makes you think about like if we actually in all schools across the u.s did a better job of like global studies or even just like race studies in, yeah like you know our formative years yeah. like how different america would look yeah, just because, like, yeah, I think, like, that class, like, explained to me a lot more about, like, how, what colonialism is. And also, yeah. like, we talked about, like, the historic parts, but also we ended on, like, present day. So we talked a lot about, like, neo-imperialism or, like, yeah, what's wow. going on with, like, American and, like, also Chinese now, like, corporations, which yeah. are, like, basically colonizing parts of, like, African countries now. Right. But yeah. we don't call it that anymore. Yeah, and, like, it's, like global capitalism or something yeah yeah sounds a lot more innocuous yeah yeah it is yeah oh actually i was listening to a podcast when we were driving back from savannah on sunday it was about like um tacos Uh and um and something that one of the people interviewed was that um after nafta mexico was forced to open up um imports of corn so oh. all of a sudden, very cheap American corn was flooding the markets in Mexico, yeah. which led to all these corn farmers in Mexico losing their jobs, yeah. which led to Mexicans immigrating to Americas to work on like American farms because that's the only place they yeah. can find jobs, which leads to what's going on right now. Yeah. So it's really America and NAFTA's fault. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I didn't know that particular story, but I'm not surprised yeah. at all. But it was just like, it was just... I was like, I like, I'm not surprised either, but I was so shocked by how yeah. simple or how right. like how simple the line like was. yeah, it's only like three steps. Yeah, yeah. And then we're already within three steps blaming 
the people that we, yeah. as Americans, again, we is, like, a complicated term, <laughs> but, like, that Americans um, disadvantaged. Yeah, and it's, it's just, like, it is so clear, I think, like, and it's so clear why Americans did it, like, the U.S. did it, because, like, they're importing their very right. cheap corn. Yeah. They're making so much money from it. And given how important corn is yeah. um, in Mexican food yeah. culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, like, even those, like, the laws on corn in the U.S. also disadvantage U.S. local farmers. There's, like, it's also just, like, so shitty. It's, like, yeah, global capitalism, yeah. right? Like, um, late-era capitalism is very shitty. Oh, yeah, abs- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's not, like, not like anything wrong with, like, American corn farms. It's... It's the way who that it's American marketed, yeah. yeah, how, yeah, um, who gets money, who who doesn't get money, like, so many small farms, like, on the initial, like, um, pass, passage of those laws were completely just torn apart, yeah. um, and it's still now, it's, it's very hard, I mean, and, like, that's the thing, like, growing up in Ithaca, right outside the town limits, there are a lot of farmers, it's a lot of corn, um, <laughs> But, you know, they're not, I mean, they're barely breaking even yeah. because of the terrible laws that the U.S. has in place when yeah. it comes to, you know, growing, when it comes to agriculture. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like, it's very, it's very interesting how Americans, we like to talk a lot about, like, small businesses. Yeah. But, like, the reality is, like... But then we're not willing to spend the money to support those businesses. Yeah. Because it'll be more expensive for us individually. Yeah, and, like, and there's, I was looking at... Um, it was, like, a Boston, like, farmer's market. It was, like, a Boston, like, CSA, but also, like, meal kit style, like, Hello uh-huh. Fresh. Oh, yeah. But it was, like, for only sourcing local farmer's food. Oh, that's great. And something that, like, the owner pointed out was, like, there's certain kind of, like, New England-only winter, like, fruit that we don't see anymore. One called, like, the pawpaw or something. Oh. I, like, had never heard of never never heard seen of it. before. Because, like, and those are indigenous to America. Oh. Like, the Native Americans, like... Yeah. Are, are noted to have like, ate these food, um, but like because they only they're not they're not super hardy. You yeah. can't grow them year round. Yeah. So no one grows them anymore because right. they're not like profitable. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, and like the fact that we have different bananas now than we yeah did, right? yeah. It's because there was a blight because we like didn't you know we weren't smart about how we were growing bananas. So yeah. now we only have like these new bananas. Yeah, and that's why, like, banana different. flavoring is so different because that's yeah. one of the original bananas. It was the, like. the gross Michelle Yeah, banana. yeah. So all the candy <laughs> still take, taste like real, the, the real bananas. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. It's so weird, right? Yeah. Like, and we don't learn this, we don't learn this stuff. No, no, like, I think I did, like, Food Now, no, sorry, Food Inc. That's, like, oh, yeah. yeah that's, yeah. like, it, and, like, yeah. I feel like it's, like, it's also one of those things where it's, like, like, you know, when you have a very good public education system, right. you learn a lot more. Like, yeah. my principal's willing to have, like, someone teach an elective on African history, even though right. she knew not a lot of people would take this course. But, she but they have the money that, even if it doesn't do well, like, it's not going to hurt you yeah. too much. Yeah. yeah, and, like, you know, she could, like, she could afford to, like, have people say, I want to take this AP, AP, but they don't have a class for it. And she and was like, wow. yeah, she was like, yeah. okay, well, like, and, like, we had teachers because, you know, they're being paid very well. They're, like, I had a teacher who, like, stayed, we would get to school, like, an hour before every week, mm. and then we would talk about, like, material in the AP, and then we self-studied for it. Yeah, wow. But she was willing to do that because, yeah. like, you know, like, she was being paid pretty well. She was pretty, yeah. like, well settled. Like, yeah, right. And she wasn't dealing with, like, students who 
you know, like, she was dealing with students who were, like, from a very well-off affluent Yeah, background. who have the privilege to then, like, exceed expectations. Yeah, or who have, like, parents who are willing to be, like, yeah. or they, they don't need to work, you know, we didn't need a part-time job to support our families. Yeah, when that's so important. Right? Yeah. So we can be, like, well, I want to get up an hour earlier yeah. once a week to take this class, and yeah. parents are going to be, like, okay, that's, like, that's fine, we support you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a strange thing, like, I mean, I, I also, to a lesser extent, but still um being in like middle class like yeah. my parents initially were like you should get a job in like restaurant business not because you need the money like we'll support you yeah because you need to know what it's like working a real job and that's really important yeah too. and I didn't end up doing that because like the only restaurants that were like close enough that wouldn't be a nuisance to my parents were like Burger King and McDonald's which yeah. I initially did think about like working there but I think it it just it also would have felt wrong because you know, it would have been more like, oh, I'm doing this for the experience, which would have yeah. pissed off everyone that has to work there for a real job. Yeah. It's like one thing if you were like able to like babysit or something yeah. or like tutor or right. something where it's like you have a certain kind of skill or like you know yeah. certain kind of people. Yeah. And that's not a job. You're not really taking like a W-2 form. You're not taking right. a job with something like that. Yeah. You're and I'm not, yeah, I'm, I would, I would have been taking the place of someone that really needed that job. Yeah. I mean, like, even though I lived in a suburb, there were people in my in my neighborhood that did need those jobs so yeah I mean I'm glad I didn't end up doing that like even though I think work experience is good like at the expense of people that really need it to make money I mean that would have been really shitty that's like the problem with like capitalism it's like yeah because you have this kind of situation because then you have all these like very privileged like high school students who never have a job in their life don't know what it's like but it's not like but it, it doesn't really help then if we're like oh these people should get jobs because like right then you're pushing out the people that need them. And also, like, these kids probably, like, aren't... They, you know, they don't have any kind of grounding. They don't actually yeah. know... They wouldn't know how to function at a, a job. Yeah. But then that, like, perpetuates yeah. the problem. Well, and this is the thing. Like, I I did a couple internships, which mm-hmm, were kind of, like, mm-hmm. middle ground, right? Yeah. But, like, one of them was very lax, and, like, it was summer, and it was, like, a university uh-huh, internship. Uh-huh. So, like, they didn't have much for me to do. So I ended up being really lazy, and, like, I yeah. play solitaire <laughs> at their office on the work computer. And then, so the first time I got a real job at Cornell, I was working in library databases, Mm -hmm. and I would just constantly, like, be on the internet in between, like, working on documents and stuff, or, you know, fixing up, uh, like, metadata or something. Yeah. Um, And I almost got fired, because, like, I was not doing my job, because I was, like, a privileged kid who had never had to, like, put in, like, Like four straight hours without any distractions. Um, so I almost got fired and I was like crying. I didn't know what to do. And I, I mean, it was awful at the time. Like I'm, I'm a very sensitive kid. So like I I will (laughs) cry. I mean, it wasn't just the situation that made me cry. Like it was mainly like the fact that I was being called out. Yeah. Yeah. It hurt a lot. Um, but I, I think I needed it. Like, I think that's really important because now, I mean, I have a job now that's pretty cushy. I get to, like, do research, my own research on the job if no one's looking for me. Yeah. Um, so, in some extent, like, I've now gone back to that kind <laughs> of job, um, which I'm very lucky to have. Um, but, yeah, I needed that kick in the butt because otherwise I would have been, like, you know, one of those, like, stereotypical rich, rich even though I wasn't that rich. Yeah. But I would have been one of those stereotypical rich kids who just plays and doesn't do any hard work and like you know your parents can tell you you need to work hard especially east asian parents (laughs) chinese parents they'll tell you you need to work hard but i mean like also that's i think for me asian american experiences like learning that for myself 
because uh-huh, uh-huh. I already had like my parents supporting me so it wasn't uh-huh. like working for food on my table yeah yeah but I needed someone to pull me inside being like you're shit you need to start doing your job because we're paying you for it yeah yeah you, you need to like shape up or you're gonna get fired yeah right? yeah there's something about it there's something there's a level of like safety net yeah when like your parents are more middle class like yeah. there's not when you think of a reality of it, it's not that much safety net but yeah there's kind of more of an illusion of a safety net mm-hmm. I think and I think a lot of times our parents like across the, like I think most parents in general do want to protect their children from yeah. certain kind of realities um yeah yeah I mean, it's, it's also, yeah. one of the good things about Chinese parents is they really look after you. And, like, <laughs> you know, I know if yeah. I don't get a job immediately after PhD, you know, yeah. once I get my doctorate, which is quite likely that I won't get a job immediately. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. I know. I mean, like, I know that my parents will support me yeah. after that, yeah. which is such a luxury. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, that is, yeah, it's one of those things where it's, like, they're willing to like, they're willing to sacrifice a lot for their children. Yeah. And that's, like, the, the flip side of the constant pressure. Yeah. Like you're, and I think this is an immigrant, like especially you hear a lot about East Asian families, but yeah. it's also an immigrant experience. Like, your parents are so invested in you. Like, my parents don't have hobbies. Like, they were invested in me. Like, yeah. they took me to lessons. They took me, like, yeah. you know, if I didn't catch the bus, they would take me to school. So, I mean, that is, like, the flip side, right? Like, you're saying that's, the, the payoff for yeah. so much pressure is like they really care about you and yeah and it's like it's hard because like it's hard to see that especially when you're under that yeah. much pressure it is really hard to realize yeah. like but I, so I think is why I think a lot of people especially like you hear a lot about people who like a lot of my friends like had a lot of problems with their parents in high school yeah but mm-hmm. now that things are a lot better now that they've grown yeah. up they have jobs and like, moved out they moved out <laughs> That helps. It helps a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty interesting. And I think also like also having a job also teaches you like when do you need to be on it and when do you have yeah. downtime. Right. Cause just cause like listening to a couple of my friends, like sometimes she's really busy, mm-hmm. but like especially the way her job is, sometimes she has to run programs and then she can't do anything with a computer. Right. Like she set it up so she can't do anything. So yeah. then she'll have a lot of downtime and then she's like well, <laughs> now's no. the time to like, you yeah, know, check my phone, whatever. Yeah. So a lot of it's just like it's teaching you how to like be in a social, like a workplace setting, and yeah, like knowing what to do, what, yeah, yeah, time management, really. yeah, time management, yeah, yeah. And, and prioritizing tasks, like yeah, and that's a large part. Like I, I have so many interests, and you can really tell from like our conversation. We like talking about so many things, lot. right? Like yeah. so many interests, and part of like the difficulty of being someone that's like in their head all the time which most PhD students are is like deciding which projects are worth it and and how many projects you can take on at a time yeah without yeah. completely driving yourself mad yeah yeah it's like there's a lot of different things I want to write about but I also have to write my dissertation that's yeah like kind of important <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then the more you write your dissertation the less interesting less interested oh you are God, yeah <laughs> I'm going through that right now. <laughs> like, I'm going through the second round of edit, or third round, third round of edits on That's my dissertation, That's first good. dissertation chapter. Um, I, I'm, I'm just, like, kind of forcing myself to read stuff at this yeah. point, and I know it will hit a point where I'm like, okay, I'm 
back. Like, I want to do this again. <laughs> but, yeah. No, it sometimes it's a real struggle. And I know, like, all jobs have that. You get sick of whatever you're doing if you're doing it for too long. Um, but, yeah, I think it, the isolating part of it is kind of terrible. I was talking to my mom the other day, and, like, you know, she's, she's like, the workplace mom. Yeah. So she has yeah. me, but she has her, like... Yeah, she has other children. Yeah, she has yeah. her lab kids. Um, and, like, you know, they work in an office together... Um, and even when she was in, she was getting her master's, like she and her, she and my dad met because their labs were right next to each other and they mm-hmm, would mm-hmm. Sp- spend nights there cause they were, you know, like actually yeah. working. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, like no like rom-com shenanigans yeah. going on there. But I mean like here I, I write alone for the most part. I now actually start going to coffee shops. Um, cause I, I think it helps me stay on task knowing that someone else could be looking at my computer. Yeah, like, I can't like be watching Netflix, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's difficult. Like being on your own and having to manage yourself, just being self-motivated. That's definitely something. I mean, I, I had to be that way before, like to get into college and then throughout college, but definitely grad school teaches you how to yeah. get your shit done by yourself. <laughs> Yeah, especially because, like, I think that the thing about work, especially if you work for, like, if you're not, like, your own, you don't have your own business or you're not a freelancer, right. is that, like, there is a kind of chain of command. You have certain kind of tasks you have to do. And, like, I, I think also, I think for a lot of people, like, they, they like their work, but there's no certain kind of personal investment. Like, yeah. Um, it is really, like, you do your work and, like, you like it, you enjoy it. But then it's not like you're thinking, oh, what if I did this as well? Cause yeah. Like, then you'd be treating on someone else's work. Right, but yeah. whereas for us, it's like, it's like, it's part of the creative process. It's like, well, I yeah. can also write about this. I can also write about that. And it's like, uh, it's um, a representation of you. Like, yeah. my dissertation is so much part of me and what I think and who I am that if I fail on that, like, I'm a failure as a person. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I think... I ended up distancing my. I like chose my topic and I just started to distance myself from my topic like immediately. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't. I was really scared of having yeah. too invested in it, and like, it's not great because I I'm not like always. I, I, it's I, hard to push yourself a little bit. Yeah, or just like I like, I feel sometimes I feel I'm too blase about it, especially when I like hear about people who really are invested. Like yeah. I feel, like it makes me feel like I'm not working hard enough uh-huh. on it, but I do feel like. No, but yours is the smart way to go. Like, all the advice I get from people that already graduated, <laughs> they're like, your dissertation, it doesn't matter as much as you think. Get it done, get yeah. a job, then you can write your book. Yeah, but it's one of those things where it's like, I, I once, like, I once was very invested in this topic, and, like, right. I wrote, uh, like, I wrote an undergraduate thesis on the same topic, and yeah. one of my ideas was to, like, I kind of came uh-huh. to grad school to write this thesis and to redo it, like, yeah. better. Yeah. But then, like, the further I get, the more I'm like, just do it. I'm just, just gonna it. like it, this is just easy. Like <laughs> I already have an idea of what I'm gonna write. Like I'll yeah. just let's take the easy way out. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, I think maybe next time we'll talk about some of more like academic stuff because that's a huge part of our life. Of mm-hmm. course, we're gonna talk about being like Asian AAPI yeah, identity maybe, stuff. Maybe we should talk about how maybe about being in humanities. Yeah. 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 So next time we'll talk about. The experience of being Asian American slash Asian AAPI heritage, whatever. Um, we'll figure the terms out, especially, but we'll talk about inhumanity. Especially, like, we're in a very westernized context, and, like, yeah. how is it, yeah, like... And especially being in Atlanta, being in the South. Yeah, like, very, yeah, a lot of complications. 
also being surrounded by white people like yeah be very oh absolutely (laughs) yeah so yeah um hopefully you enjoyed this podcast um if you liked it um please i think we're gonna try to get this up on itunes if you're not listening to there um we figured something else out but like wherever (laughs) you're listening to uh this too like leave us a comment tell us what you think if you have suggestions of stuff you want us to talk about like we're always open to suggestions so our email address um if you can't comment on whatever platform we've decided to go with is um asian glow podcast at gmail.com um yeah and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about asian glow like the name that yeah. we decided on next time because we didn't get to that this time yeah we totally forgot about that oops oh, well anyways <laughs> we're gonna watch the world cup now bye bye